Fantastic. Welcome, everyone. My name's Jono. As Mark said, I'm part of the team here at One Hope. And uh, would you please welcome Georgia up here tonight as well. So special welcome if you're a guest with us tonight and also joining for Church Online. We're glad we can be all together. And so picked a great night to be at church. We're continuing our series uh, called My Life Changed. And so I invite you and encourage you. Uh, last week, Boaz shared and he talked about how, um, you know, we can come before God and God will smooth off our rough edges and how his life changed because of that. Um, bit, of, bit of pride and bit of ego going on. And so um, it's a great message. I encourage you to um, look up One Hope podcast. Um, you'll find it there. So just before we dive into it, I should say too, um, tonight we're going to touch on what is um, a pretty complex issue. And so I'm mindful that, um, you know, we're not trying to answer lots of questions about this issue, but rather we're looking to hear um, Georgia's story about her experience in this field. And most importantly, the part that God has played in this journey for her. And so um, just just a mental note, you know, at the end of the service, there's going to be opportunity if you'd like to um, pray with someone, if you need someone to get alongside you. And so um, that's there. I hope we have a, we've got a few minutes, but they'll be, they'll be a, great, a great few minutes tonight as well. So as always, encourage you. George is going to have some quotes that are going to be up on the screen, but grab your phone, maybe you've old school got a pen and paper, um, grab something out so you can remember what God is putting on your heart tonight. So, hey, that's enough from me though. Georgia, why don't you tell everyone a bit, bit about yourself? Sure. Um, hi everyone, my name's Georgia. Um, for those of you that I haven't met yet, um, I have been at uh, One Hope for a really long time. Um, I grew up here um, as a kid and went through like full impact and youth. Um, young adults. Um, I'm kind of more over at Moolap these days when I've got the weekends off. Um, so yeah, I grew up in a Christian family. My grandparents have been at this church and um, I've had amazing people speak into my life over the years. Um, and I guess a little bit about me, like I'm a nurse now. I work at Bowen Health, which I'll touch on a whole lot more in a second. Um, and yeah, that's a bit of a wrap up of me at the moment. Yeah. Uh, tell us a bit more about your family, though. You've got a family oh, tradition sure. full of people that have served Jesus all over the place. Yeah, so um, growing up, I've got a few aunties and uncles that have been missionaries overseas, and that was a huge part of um, kind of my aspirations growing up. I knew, like, 15 years old, I was going to um, be a nurse overseas. Uh, I wanted to do missions because I, I thought that that's where God did work. And uh, that's kind of what I had my heart set on um, and was pretty determined in that. Um, so that's kind of where things started for me, I guess. I love it, that quote. I thought God only did good things overseas. Yeah. Um, who else has ever felt, uh, felt like that in your life where you're like, I'm doing some good stuff for God, but God's doing the real stuff through other people and somewhere else. That can be, that can be a really subtle trick of the enemy that we feel like we're not doing things in a meaningful way. And so, Georgia, um, why don't you tell us a bit about how, you know, let's go straight to the, the series, like my life changed when... Yeah. Dot, dot, dot. That was a moment for you. Yeah, absolutely. So I finished nursing a very long time ago now, um, but I had my heart set on um, getting out of Geelong and Victoria. Um, but what happened is that I felt this like call back to Geelong and I got a grad year at Barwon Health. Super disappointed and frustrated with God. And I will say it better here, but like um, I was pretty, like my eyes were open at Geelong Hospital when I started there like I was pretty sheltered and naive as a young person like I'd had a great um, Christian family and I'd been at a private Christian school and then I went to um, a Catholic university in Ballarat um, so you know I'd been really nurtured throughout my life and then getting to Geelong 
um, hospital, I was like, there are some things going on in my community that I had no idea about. And, um, and I guess that probably didn't make it personal for me yet, but it was an eye-opener and something that changed who I am as a person. But I guess as I was going through my grad year and, and being, still being in Geelong, I was pretty frustrated with God because it wasn't part of my plan to stay here. And um, what did I say? I, um, I said to God and I prayed, I was frustrated, I kind of had it out with him and I just said, you've got to give me something worth staying for if I'm meant to be here. And I didn't hear back straight away. Um, it was like probably 18 months of me kind of grinding it out at work and, um, and not really knowing what my future held. And over that time, I met about a dozen patients that really changed my understanding of kind of the struggles that people face in my community and um, allowed me to kind of open my eyes to the realities of people's lives that things um, have not been easy for a lot of people in Geelong and um, I've been really blessed by that. And so I was curious. Um, I asked a lot of questions of my patients and and got to know them and I was kind of frustrated because a lot of what was coming up was that um, people were kind of needing to stay in hospital because they were using substances that were life-threatening to them with medical issues and but no one was talking about it no doctors kind of brought it up we just kept treating them and um you know there's a a couple that would will always stay with me that we lost very early on but you know we weren't able to kind of get to the core of the problem because no one spoke about it um and I guess Something that happened to me is I was up at a conference in 2016 and we were during worship, like loving God, and I heard so clearly God say, Georgie, you're going into drug and alcohol treatment. And initially I was, I don't know the lighter word for devastated, but um, it really took me by surprise and I was, it was a bit of a grieving process for me. I was taking taken back I'd never had a lived experience of it I didn't know anyone that had dealt with those issues before and so it was it was um something for me to process and and God allowed me to do that really gently in um the people that I met over the next couple of months and and also changing my heart and understanding of what that meant so I went on a bit of a journey with God in that and um and yeah next chapter I feel like you've touched on something there which probably many of us can identify with and if we haven't yet, there'll be a time in our life where we just feel completely ill-equipped that we feel, sense God is leading us to a moment or a season or a career where we just go like, God, I have no idea. Like, I don't feel like I'm right for this or, yeah. you know, kind of pick someone else. Would you um, give us a bit of an insight to, you know, you, 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 got, you feel like God's spoken to you, but what does it look like as you go into something that you're like, oh, I'm not even sure I know what I'm doing here? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And side note, I tried to kind of bargain with God a few times and I tried to do a post-grad in palliative care because I thought that would be like a little booster, like surely God, I'm doing something meaningful. And But like doors were just shut everywhere and it was, you know, that process of God opening the doors in the right places for me. Um, and there was a little bit of, um, I had no idea, no qualifications. I had done a little bit of study around it just to dip my toe in what I might be expected to do. But I ultimately like um, 
got a job in a drug and alcohol service within Barwon Health. I didn't even know existed for four years that I'd been there previously. So it was, I got this job, complete God thing, because I was 20 years younger than any clinician that was already there. And I, I started there and I was introduced to a world that I never knew existed. Um, and I met some incredible people. Um, and I became really, you know, I fast introduced to things like family violence, um, generational poverty, mental illness, um, the correctional system, child protection, um, all that families include. And there were things that I'd never really had before. Um, and it was, it was a bit of a learning curve for me, I guess, and something that I'd never had to face of my, personally. Um, but God really allowed me and held me in that space to be able to learn what I needed to so that I could be a blessing to others, I guess, as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I mean, there's some pretty well-established stereotypes about people that have substance, like, life-controlling issues, you know, I, I think I'm like you, I grew up in quite a sheltered Christian environment, I would say it's sheltered now, like, and, you know, like at arm's length, I didn't know these people, and I'm like, oh, I could easily say, uh, maybe like us tonight, like, oh, they, they've made choices and decisions, and so they're reaping the consequence of that, or they just, you know, should have known differently, but, I mean, you you get to see firsthand, and I really appreciate your your take on that, because it's quite different. Would you yeah. be willing to share that yeah. with people? Absolutely. It um, didn't take me too long. You know, people don't come to a drug and alcohol treatment if they've got other options. And so I tend to meet people at their most vulnerable and when they've lost a lot of hope for themselves. Um, and, you know, no one sets out to be dependent on a substance. That's not something that anyone entails for their lives or would wish on anyone. But... I've met a lot of people that have kept themselves alive by using substances because these are people that have dealt with unimaginable things in their lives that, um, you know, has been confronting for me to even read on paper, let alone live out in my own life. Um, and so it's been, you know, th that journey of understanding that there is resilience and um, substance use has been a function for some people for a long time to keep them alive. And... In that, you know, it can, it can work to an extent. We all obviously know that is not the answer, but it allowed me to have a lot more empathy for people and appreciate, like, the, the difficulty and adversity they had had in their lives. Yeah. When you said that word to me, alive, that, that really stood out to me. I'm not sure what comes to your mind when you hear that. Like, Because my, my thought was always like, you know, I would hear of people with life-controlling like, issues and just go like, oh man, sometimes that seems so complex that it's utterly hopeless. Like there's nothing there but death. Like that's a one way, like dead end street. Like it's all over for that person. And when you said alive, my, my um, mind was drawn back to, there's a, there's a few verses in the Bible where it talks about a young man named Joseph and he had experienced some of the things that you touched on then. So like family violence and imprisonment and poverty and, you know, and, and he's, yeah. he's uh, many years through his life, when, you know, things have seemed so bad and he has a, um, you know, uh, his family get back together that he's been, you know, away from because they've treated him horribly. And, and he says these words where he says, back to his brothers actually, he said like, you know, all these things that I've experienced, like you meant them for evil against me, but God meant it for good. 
And God used it to bring about it that many people should be kept alive just as they are today. And I love that when, when you said the word alive, I'm just like, oh, scripture promises how there's always hope because God is powerful. And you know, my mind goes to not only for myself, but maybe for us as a church, who are the people that have been experiencing stuff that by all means, like, by all means looks like death and just destruction, but actually by God's grace, they are kept alive so they can encounter the love of God. And, and what might our place be in that with those people to introduce them to a God that loves them? Yeah. Absolutely. And I guess like I've traveled that personally, you know, having parts of my life that have been broken and not being able to see a way through that or how God could rectify it. But I've seen it time and time again. And that's like a privilege that I've had in the position I've held, being able to see that restoration um, in people's lives. And, you know, I get to hold the hope for them initially until they can see it for themselves and and find some meaning and purpose in their lives. And, you know, God has given me a really small um, insight for myself as to what heartache and and, um, that loss of confidence in yourself and who you are. But he's ultimately, like, when you give that to him, he can completely change... Um, you know, the trajectory of that for yourself. And he makes something so beautiful out of something so broken. And the people that I've met, you know, you think, oh, there's an extent to which God can do that. But he is such a creative and um, absolute gentleman in that as soon as we invite him into that space, he will just turn whatever messy, ugly things that we have in our lives to glorify him and to bring praise to him. And I've been able to see that, you know, the things that I've travelled through and journeyed through with God have only strengthened my ability to have empathy and love the people that I work with. So it ultimately makes my life so much easier because I'm just living in this um, slipstream of what God has already done for me. So it, it makes life more exciting and um, it is incredibly challenging. I'm not going to stand up here and say it's been all amazing. I've journeyed through things that, you know, I wish I hadn't heard certain things or seen certain things, but I've got to trust God with that too. Like life is not clear cut and neat. Um, It can be messy and that's not too much for God. You know, that's, he starts at the impossible. So, you know, I just encourage you to trust him with that too. I love that line that you shared there. We're going to have it up on the screen. Like, there's nothing God can't restore and bring back to Himself. Yeah. You know, and and with that in mind, like, you know, God, what a what are you, what are you calling us to do in yeah. this message of hope? And so, you know, even in the field that you're talking about, there's a statistically there's a very high likelihood that we ourselves or some someone in our immediate family, certainly someone we know, would be struggling with substance issues. Um, given your experience, what would you say that? So those of us with zero experience, perhaps, what, what are the things that we can do that are helpful in yeah. that conversation with pr- probably people that we love? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think also as Christians too, like we are called to be a blessing to those that are broken and downtrodden. So like it, you may not have experienced it in, in your personal life, but it's it'll come up and there'll be people at church that you'll meet that have had a really rough go of things. And I would just encourage you, be curious, be willing to understand and listen and, um, and love people because that's, that's all that God calls us to do. We don't have to fix them, we can't. It is a journey that they'll travel on um, with God on their own and um, it's made um, my professional life a, a, 
a bit simpler in that I used to take it as a failure when someone fell off the wagon. But ultimately, I want to be that person that they feel comfortable to come to when they're ready to change. And I know that that can be really difficult for families seeing um, you know, what's wrong with their loved one and, and how things would be better. But um, you know, we've all probably experienced this in life. We need to come to the end of ourselves and kind of surrender that to God. And, to, when, and that's where we find that change and um, the healing that he can do in our lives. That's great. Change of gear slightly. We've, um, for a number of years now, we've had a really great partnership as a church with Foundation 61, which is local um, rehab for, for fellas. And so would you share with people the um, exciting news about, um, yeah, some upcoming things? Yeah, absolutely. So Foundation 61 have worked really hard to establish a women's program, which is called House of Hope. And I've been involved for about a year now, catching up on a monthly basis to kind of workshop what the program will look like for the women. There's going to be a facility out in Mount Dunedin and um, from a professional point of view like this is an absolute game changer for Geelong and I'm so excited because there's only one other women's rehab in Victoria and most of the women that need rehab are told that they're too complex or their situation's too much for that particular rehab and so Foundation 61 are just stepping into this um, you know this absolute need for healing in our community and um, that will look amazing for our, um, you know, church to be able to sow into that ministry as well. And I know that there's a lot of impressive women um, in our church. And I just encourage you to like, listen to what God's saying. If, if you feel like you can have a part in walking alongside these women, um, there's absolutely, you know, a place for you in that, you know, some people say like, it takes a village to raise a child, but um, it takes a community to support someone through rehab and recovery. And so there, um, I just encourage you to pray about it. It'll probably open in mid-year, um, but things are really taking off and it's super exciting. Yeah. And we're going to keep on communicating about that. So if you're a regular at One Hope, keep your ear out for that. If you're a guest this evening, check out the website. We'll probably have, or we'll check in with whoever brought you along tonight and because we'll, um, we'll keep um, you up to speed with that. And I was, I was just lis- interested listening to someone the other day, like, and what struck me was there's such a place for professional support in rehab, but this person was sharing how, you know, they'd wanted to make some positive life changes in their life post rehab and essentially it meant cutting off their friendship circle because they're just like oh sorry I can't hang around I don't want to hang around with you anymore I'd love to but you're doing stuff that I just know is not good for me Mm. and so there's also a part of rebuilding friendships and rebuilding community where hey we can all play a part in that right like you know we may not be experts in a field but we know what it feels like to be left out and also to be included as well so that's exciting yeah And to rebuild that community too. We all need people around us. And so, you know, as a church, we have been blessed to be a blessing. And and it's exciting that we get to be part of that too and witness people, you know, rebuilding their lives again and finding God and, and the exciting stuff that that entails. So, yeah, it's a really cool journey. That's great. So we're here tonight and people who are listening, you're like, right, if there's one thing that I'd love you to take away from this evening, just as we've shared briefly, what would it be? Yeah, absolutely. Um, If nothing else, um, whether you are a fresh Christian or you've been a Christian for 40 years, there are always things, and I know this in my heart, that there are things that we hold on to or that hold us back from all that we can experience with God. And and sometimes we think that that's too much for him or it's too messy or it's my responsibility to just hold on to it and deal with it. But God wants to like speak into those areas of our life that, um, that are 
we feel overwhelmed by because that's where the healing and um, you know he, he speaks into our lives and we can bless others as well. And so I would just encourage you to like um, present those to God and pray about it and, and he will reveal himself and those situations to you. Um, and then you can experience the freedom that he has for us. He didn't want this to be hard and life's hard enough without like kind of pushing back on those things as well. Yeah. That's great. And I was, uh, in all honesty, I was pretty restless before the service tonight and I was just asking God, why is that? And I just wanted to put it out there too, like whether it's for someone in the room or someone connecting online with Church Online, you know, um, if tonight you came in and, and you, you'd say, actually my relationship with whatever substance, drugs, alcohol, you know, it may be dependency, it may be just that you're like, actually no, it's not really very healthy. Like we'd love the opportunity to stand with you tonight and just as Joseph, like, you know, some of the things that we have either chosen chosen for ourselves, um, maybe some of the things that we've experienced, sadly, at the hands of others are, not, are never a waste when we put our life back in God's hand, hands and come under his covering. That promise of Joseph, like, you know, the enemy meant it for evil, but God, in all things, you mean it for good. And so there's hope and there's restoration to be found through the love and the power of God. And so in a moment, I'm going to invite Georgia to pray for all of us. And if that's you tonight, you're just like, actually, I just love to make a change in my life. I know I need to. You know, that's a great way to start. Just as Georgia prays, just pray that prayer in your heart and say yes to God. And so, and of course, if there's anything we can do to follow up, Georgia's going to be down here and love to chat. Um, Sally, it will be around too. If Sally, if you can come down here too. And also Mark or myself, like um, if that's a conversation that you know is important to you, we'll be down here. If you'd like to a bit more anonymity to that, you can complete a connect card online. But whatever it is, like just, you know, that you, you don't feel alone or you feel like you're too grubby or dirty, that's the amazing thing. Our, our culture would say, oh, those people over there need help. And, and, and attention, but actually there's a, the message of Scripture is that we've all fallen short of the glory yeah. of God. We're all needing the grace of God, and so there's no difference between any of us. We just all have the opportunity to cry out to God and say, God, come and fill me afresh. I need your presence. Yeah. Look like you were going to say something. No, absolutely. Like, you know, it doesn't have to be substances. It can be any area of your life that you feel like you don't have control in. And um, that can be a gradual thing. That can be something that kind of hits you square in the face. Like, we are not exempt. We are human you know, we don't have it all together. That's one thing that I've learnt really strongly and I'm convicted about that, like, you know, some people can struggle with substances, but there's always something that we don't let go of or we have really a really hard time wrestling with God about. And um, so we're in this together and, and um, we have a good God and he's so faithful and he's just so ready to step into those situations.